This is episode two of the Rebel Teacher Podcast. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Welcome to the Rebel Teacher Podcast. Hey, everybody, I am Tara Bertzel, teacher, instructional coach, and education consultant turned entrepreneur. I am on a mission to help you become the most kick ass version of yourself, both inside and outside of the classroom. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get started. Wow, talk about powerful for teachers who want to do more. Let me set this up for you. You are about to eavesdrop on a conversation that I had with an educator and a friend. We talk about all, like a whole smattering of things. And truth be told, it was a last minute decision to record our chat. So it's not really structured like a regular interview. In fact, when I was listening back, I was like, holy shit, I talk a lot. So please pardon my total domination of the conversation. It was, but I have to say, it was really, actually, really great to have the audio to reflect back on my own presence as I'm really learning this new podcast world and format. So she and I talk about a whole smattering of things. Our fireside chat is maybe about 45 minutes long, um, and there's some really good juicy nuggets of information throughout. So definitely listen to it like on the ride to work or while you're pouring yourself a drink after after work or whatever. Um, but I, rec- I definitely would recommend listening to the whole thing if you have time. Um, so just to give a little more context. So she this this educator really steps into that thing that many educators feel but maybe few of them actually say and this is that she believes that she was made for more and that sometimes she really doesn't fit into the box that you know that we have to fit into as educators today i mean there's so many initiatives going on there's so many things on our plate you know, and then sometimes in the work that we do, we're forced to fit into a box with all of these different responsibilities between parent-teacher conferences and evaluations and staff meetings, all the things that aren't really direct, directly related to our practice. And it can really feel like we're just checking the box, you know, in the different things that we do throughout the day. So she shared how she is super frustrated with how she needs to, to do these things and and in the work that she does, but she doesn't really... F- but she really feels like she is made for more, that she was really built for more. So she is doing amazing things. She's stepping out and creating a podcast. She started a blog. Um, the notes in the show notes here for this podcast episode, I'm going to link her blog. Um, but she really started to do something for teachers and that's something that she believes in. And that's really creating um, space for teachers and time for them to process things that are passionate about an education and how do they practice how do they process like new practices and let them really dig into their beliefs um, she talks about the struggles that teachers have and in the fact that they don't have time to dig into the work and the ideas um, and they don't have time to just kind of sit into new content and just kind of try it on as teachers say Um, They don't get to try on different strategies and practices that align with what their beliefs are because there's this whole other thing that prevents that and it's called evaluation. And talk just a little bit about that. Um, You know, teachers often think they're too scared to try anything new because what if I get dinged on my evaluation? What if my administrator walks in and I'm 10 minutes behind? Um, 
you know, I haven't started math yet because I'm working on this new practice in literacy. And I think me personally, I think that there is a little bit of dancing that teachers can learn how to do um, so that they're not so tied to that schedule so they can try the new things. And I, But I do think it goes a really long way when you have administrators or maybe even a cadre of professionals who can support it teachers who want to try new things and give them a really safe space to do um to really go deeper into their practice and it really goes a long way to helping teachers grow and having agency over their own professional growth um and i think it's even more important that teachers don't fear retribution or being dinged on their evaluation just because they're not right on schedule, quote unquote. Um, I, I see this all the time with teachers because they are so afraid to deviate from what, you know, feels right to them. I mean, they're cutting off their nose to spite their face in many ways, and they're just getting hamstrung um, in the process of it. So people are really scared to even try things and sit in it and have the time to do what they need to do. Um, and I, in my opinion, I really feel like it does hurt kids and it hurts teachers when they're not allowed to have the flexibility to do what makes sense to them. Low common sense folks. So anyway, um, something else that she really talks about is something that she recently learned or rather not really learned, but um, someone new had kind of codified this and I found it really interesting, so I just want to call it out real quick because you're going to hear it in the the audio of the conversation. But, you know, as teachers, we're often given the resources. Like, we get resources, and then we learn the practices, and then maybe, if we're lucky, we'll talk about the beliefs behind those things um, where it should really be flipped on its head. You know, thinking like a a huge light bulb went off for me. And it's the same concept in the book uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Side note, if you are not familiar with that, go Google Start With Why, Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. And there's a really great YouTube video um, where he really talks about that. And he talks about the best companies and the best organizations start with why. Then they move to how are they going to implement that? And then what are the products or services that they're going to align with the why and, and how they're going to meet those needs? So, you know, where where we can create multiple services or products that will help meet those whys, I think um, another great person who does this is I look at Ellen DeGeneres. I know I'm kind of going off here. I'm not really talking about education, but follow me. You know, Ellen, you know, she is, I like to look at people who are really doing it right. And she is really doing it right in a really big way. I mean, I can only guess that her why is that she wants to promote kindness and compassion and humor, right? That's her why. She's really moved by the message of kindness. And she has aligned a huge community, which is pretty much anybody who breathes air. (laughs) I mean, you know, she says, this is what I value. This is how I'm going to share that. I'm going to share what I believe. And this is what it looks like. It's a talk show. And now it's shoes and furniture and a gorilla foundation and just recently, she just launched a subscription box called Be Kind. She has created multiple products and services in addition to her show that are all helping her lead with her vision or communicate her vision and her mission um, 
to the community that that she serves. So what if we applied all this to education? Like, what does this have to do with education? And I think it goes right back that instead of talking about, hey, let's go to the book room and this is how you teach the books that you found in the book room and this is why we do it, or better yet, this is my favorite, here, here's a reading intervention program. Look at this nice pretty box and here it is. And this is how you teach it. And it's going to serve these kids who are struggling with vowel sounds, whatever, right? What if we flip that around and if we get really relentless and really freaking intentional about flipping that and we talk about why we do this one thing and it's actually not even why do we do a what this one thing like an intervention program or why we have this particular committee but what if we start with why do we exist as a building and so help me god if i hear to create lifelong learners I'm going to lose my mind because, yeah, yeah, we're all creating the lifelong learners. But what I want to know is what makes your school special. I mean, in this world of school choice, why would I pick your school? Why would, as a parent, why do I want to be part of your mission, right? And so, I mean, again, like, why are we, what are, why do we exist? What are we here to do? Then what are the practices and strategies to help us do that? And then what resources are going to help us meet that goal, right? So we just have to back it up. So anyway, here's the conversation. Um, She is a coach and she's a friend. So take a listen to this uh, conversation, you know, and if anything resonates with you, I'd love to hear from you. Um, So here we go. find the language resources and pedagogy they need time and structure to allow this to happen so in that space um so how would how do you think like it's disempowering um because i i think they can do it and i think we i think as a system we don't give them time we don't give them time. Yeah, and to space. just sit and think. Yeah, right. Time just... and space to sit, think, try on something new, um, without any retribution, without feeling like if I screw this up, how is it going to impact my evaluation? Right. Who's watching me today? Yep. Or if I am being evaluated, that it's in a space where they know I'm trying it on, and we can have a conversation about, you know, how I felt it went, and not about how you felt it went. Mm. Um, and, you know, I go back to Brene Brown a lot. Mm-hmm. She's another one of my big people. I know who that is. Yeah. As opposed to Amanda Fish. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, like, thinking about, like, who's in the arena. Yeah. Um, and, and our teachers are in the arena. And how can we create a space for them to, to get feedback, but in a way that they want it and need it yeah um yesterday I was I was at a meeting and I was thinking about um burnout um that is like my I'm on fire about burnout right well I was reading this article I don't know if I have it in here but um about um listing all the initiatives that are going on at your school right what I was like, oh my gosh, right? And then how we never give ourselves time to get good at anything. Right. Um, and, and, and 
evaluation seems like another thing on top of that. Right. Um, and I guess my thinking is, how can it not be so much evaluation, but more conversation and feedback, time to process and reflect, right? Um, and and if needed, get someone else's view. Time to track progress in a way that makes sense for teachers. Um, because that's going to be the part that is validating. Because when I'm just doing it and doing it and doing it and getting feedback on how I can get better, I don't see my progress over time and then I get burnt out. Right. Yeah. And I think that was a big... Back when I was working on the evaluation process in Colorado, when I worked at CDE, that was a big, like... Um, Thing that we were discussing and looking at like getting vendors in to support us or whatever is a way to track multiple evaluations you know all the touch points I have with teachers being able to capture that in a way and then meta tag it mm-hmm. with you know keywords or whatever so that yes. a teacher could go in at any time and take a look say how am I doing with you know Engagement. I, it's such a loose term, but right. how am I doing with engagement? And they're able to like pull up all of the times that that person was able to see you with engagement because it was somehow tagged, and then the teacher is able to see iterative, iterative improvement. Right. But that never shook out. Right. Well, like, it's part of the sandwich. Yes. Thank you. Um, right. And. And I think the key part of what you said there, so the teacher can come back and That's, say. And that was it. That was it. It was for the teacher. This whole new evaluation system was absolutely designed with the teacher in mind of for, for the teacher to see how and where he or she needed to improve or was improving. It was all about that feedback loop. Mm-hmm. And that has absolutely got, and I think the reason it got lost, in my opinion, is that it is idealistic as the vision was it on the ground with I mean having some empathy for administrators right it really is very difficult to make that happen along the side of if the board is going to rule that every teacher needs to be evaluated every year as opposed to this three-year cycle for some one-year cycle for others right it's now like everybody has a so idealistically yes that's a great thing so that everybody has the feedback but who the heck has that kind of time like right right so it really wasn't feasible the way it was Right, and I think that's another piece, right? Um, teachers and administrators, the whole system, there's so many moving parts and so many things that our plates are too full. Too full. Well, and I, th- I think something you touched on, because I think it's really important, is that when you talk about listing those initiatives, there's some schools that have, like, all the initiatives, right? And they have all the freaking initiatives that, that they want to go after. Yeah engagement literacy and new playground rules and all the things all the things and then you have some schools that say this year we are just going to focus on one thing and yet they slide in 86 other things underneath and I think actually those schools are worse off because they're maybe unintentionally but I think they're being sneaky about it Mm -hmm. or they're what it's sneaky or not whether the intent is sneaky I think that the administration loses their street cred by saying we're just going to do this one thing and then when you have them doing all these other things and saying it somehow it's links back mm-hmm. teachers are like what are you doing mm-hmm. how are we talking about closed reading strategies and tomorrow we're talking about ELL protocols and now we're talking about how engagement and behavior management how 
what? And now we're talking about trauma. Like, yes, I get it's all important, but again, I mean, back to what we've talked about this before. If everything is important, nothing Nothing. is important, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky to work in a building where I have a principal who's actually pretty good about saying, this is our main thing. That's we decide, wonderful. We decided this as a leadership team, and we're going to stay with it. That's so great. And anything and that everything comes, aligns to that. And boom, everything boom, aligns boom. to it. Can I ask what that one thing is? Um, PLCs. I love that. When do your PLCs happen? Uh, during the school day. Um, during teacher planning? We carve out 90 minutes for teachers twice a week, um, just the way we schedule it. So... Um, they have one facilitated with me and the other one is their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of planning the other three days. So PLCs happen on Tuesdays and Wednesday or Wednesdays and Thursdays. But is it incorporated into their planning? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes uh-huh. it's their lunch and their, yeah. Um, and then like the other block that we've created. Yeah. Yeah. Do teachers balk at that at all or no? Mm-mm. That's good. No, actually, um, when I first started, PLCs were a thing, but it wasn't a thing thing. Right, right. Um, we say we're doing it. Right. We have all the pieces of paper that say we're doing it. Right, right. And um, those were the days that teachers took off for appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. now we're into a place where they're like, I'm not taking that day off. Oh. That's, my, that's our time. That's the time that we get the right work done. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's okay. So, um, so... They find it meaningful, but they choose their content. I just facilitate. Um, they they set their agenda. It's very teacher driven. I love that. So they're super bought into it, right? Yeah. Because it's what they need. It's not about what. Do you have a lot of burnout at your school? Um, no. Um, or I would say, you know, that overwhelm. Not just burnout, but I mean, all the things that come before the burnout. Yeah, I mean, there's. I think February is a hard month to ask that. Well, that's that's that, that coaching, <laughs> what is it, that teacher cycle uh-huh, that it's like, that yay, holy crap, oh yeah. my God, wait, maybe, maybe, and I can't wait for next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, right now it's tough, but, yeah. um, but I think overall, you know, my, my admin talks about we invest in time for teachers to talk to each other, mm-hmm. and I think that's so important. Because I don't think our system is set up no, for that to happen. It's not. I think you're, that's exactly what you're saying. It's time to really just sit in it. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives teachers time to sit in it. Mm-hmm. I was um, so I'm. I was just in a training on Tuesday, and the whole crux of like what the training, the training was training us to train others. <laughs> trainer of trainers. The trainer of trainers. And it was great all, model. It, it was all about giving t- teachers time to sit in it. Uh-huh. Yes, giving them some actionable things to walk, obviously walk away with that they could try in their classroom later today. But also, it was like really allowing teachers the time to sit in something new mm-hmm. and wonder and ponder yeah. and not like or like or discuss. Whatever, just giving them time. Yeah. You know. And that's, that's something we don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about your blog. Tell me what, so what's your blog about? So my blog is, is about really, um, providing space and, and time. Some more. Right. That I can 
right now and where I'm at in my life. Um, for teachers to come together and try on beliefs, try on practices, and talk about them in a safe space where it's not evaluative and it's about a positive culture of growing and, you know, tracking progress. And um, mm. I love that. So that's, that's my hope for it. Um, but we'll see. I only have one post up. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Do you mind if I eat? Go for Oh my God, go for it. Yeah, I think that's super, I think that's super um, important. Like, I think there's so many angles out there to support teachers. I mean, I think it's good that people pick one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For me, it's super hard to pick one because I feel like I want to help them do this. No, wait, I want to help them do this. But like, I'm like multi-passionate about so many different areas of education mm-hmm. and for teachers. Yeah. And then I go down the rabbit hole of, well, how can I support parents? Like, where are parents getting lost in this mix? And, like, I feel like I see all different, uh, you know, all different um, ways to help. But it's it's hard to pick. And that, I mean, that's such an important area. I just, I don't want it to be complicated. I want it to be simple. I want it to be a, I just want it to be space. Mm. So how are you, so you're blogging and then podcasting eventually mm-hmm. which I'll sh- I've got some stuff to show you because yeah. it's super freaking easy um, but then so how would you create space for them to discuss right um, so I'm hoping through like a comment section on the blog I'm mm-hmm. hoping to um, on the podcast have people call in and, and discuss chat. yeah chat about it um I just, I want it to be just a, a back and forth. A conversation. A conversation. Mm -hmm. A written and spoken conversation Mm -hmm. all over the place. Mm -hmm. That's smart. Mm -hmm. Something I ran up against, mine's a little bit, I I feel like mine's a little bit more heated. Like yours, like I can't imagine any administrator would be upset about teachers talking about the fact they want more time. Mm -hmm. Right? Everybody gets that. Mine is a little more heated because they're talking about, like, kind of the dark underbelly of education that nobody's talking about because I have a trend towards toxic schools. (laughs) I tend to keep showing up in these buildings supporting teachers who, like, Mm -hmm. have just, some of them have egregious situations. Not all, but some. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, to the degree that there's been a lot of, push I, well from the teacher side I have had teachers not want to speak uh-huh. not want to ever obviously go on record though I'm really really mindful about I never say where I work I don't say what district I work yeah I mean the only thing in all of my profile bio say I'm in Colorado and I put disclaimers on everything saying I work with teachers across the country so that nobody can ever pin down any yeah. one source yeah for sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I noticed that when I listened. I was like, it's brilliant. Yeah. Because it's that's going to create that safe space. And it may not happen immediately, but it's, and it's it'll trickle in. Yeah. It, I mean, it's scary. And I hope that as I zoom away from being inside of a building, you know, day to day, that that becomes safer and safer. Because I, my goal is to become more of a thought leader mm-hmm. in the education space at large so that you know 
the story that I heard could never be traced back to mm-hmm. any one school or what have you. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it is, it's a tricky, so, but I think that with what you're, the topic and the place you're leaning, it sounds very safe. I hope so. I mean, I want it to be safe and I want it to be, I just want it to be positive. Um, not that I don't want to talk about hard things. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I don't want it to get into that space of we're just complaining about it and that, we're not taking action. I totally agree with you. That was the thing actually I worried about with like the Rebel Teacher mm-hmm. podcast or anything I brand underneath the Rebel Teacher. I did not want to become a space where people are just bitching. Right. And, and I wanted to safeguard myself from going down that rabbit hole. Just me just being like, can you believe... I just didn't want it to be a constant soapbox or a constant rant, Mm -hmm. which I find myself on from time to time because I'm super passionate, but I'm like, ah, that's... So for me, it was a constant realignment to where's my intention? What is my heart really... Mm -hmm. Often when we go off on rants, it's based in fear in some way, right? Mm -hmm. Like fear that we're not being heard or fear that there's retribution or fear of Mm -hmm. something. And so I had to keep going. I have to constantly put myself back. Why? Yep. And I think it's really to help help teachers have a safe space and feel seen and heard, but also say, but there's more. It doesn't have to be like this. And I think that's where I'm, like, I'm in this fun tension place now. Mm-hmm. I'm starting, it took me like a year to get enough frustration built up where I moved beyond the bitching. Right. For me. Yeah. Personally. And get into that space of, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. And it's standing up to principals in staff meetings saying, sorry, but no, you're totally violating contract and we're done with it. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. And I'm okay being the person because I don't have a dog in the fight. Like, I right. don't really care. Mm-hmm. But I do want to be able to start holding space for people to start saying you know, you could do this too. Mm-hmm. And there's so much safety and power in numbers that you can do this and not, and not, um, feel fear of retribution. Mm-hmm. And which I'm not a union person. And for some reason I feel like I'm now like the, the union person. <laughs> the drum, I'm like the drum banger for all this. And I don't mean, I, it was never my intent. Um, but also I think that it's, I think there's more, like, I think there's, potential for courses on how to avoid burnout but there's a book about this ready to be written like I've taken that book that holy shit I'm a teacher now what right I've been sitting on it and I realized why I had started my whole plan was to write about the school year like what do you do when you arrive the first day Mm -hmm. here's what to expect now go get your keys go get your copy code and make nice with the janitor right like Mm -hmm. that was my Mm -hmm. intent for the book in February, this is how you set up for conferences, right? Like, yeah, all of those, like, things that maybe you may or may not have learned. I'm like, well, we got through all of those. All of us first-year teachers, we figure out the flow of the year the first two years. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the book. Maybe the book, Holy Shit, I'm a Teacher, Now What?, is about these are the potential pitfalls of your mindset mm-hmm. that you can go down, and here's the possible solution for that. Yeah. I love that. You, and so I almost kind of like, I hate to say this, but kind of like a Trojan horse of, you know, you, you want to know what to do your first couple years of teaching. I think I know what you need is a plan of attack for when you're about to face overwhelm and, and drowningness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, 
Yeah. And that was kind of what I'm thinking. I was just thinking about this morning, driving here. Like, how am I going to shift this mm-hmm. to be more about that mindset? And not to... If I hear another principal say, we need to have a growth mindset and not have a freaking clue what they're talking about, I'm going to lose my mind. Right. But it's really about, like, mm-hmm. how to set yourself up and how to set your brain up for this is the job I'm here to do. And how do I have as much fun doing it and realizing what pieces are part of the game and what pieces are part of the game that you actually don't need to play with. Like, mm-hmm. it's like playing Monopoly, realizing you don't actually have to have the thimble and the wheelbarrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you don't need all those pieces. Yeah. You just need the ones you need. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I actually, I just had a conversation with a teacher about, a, you know, a liaison for something. And she's like, I just don't have the time, but, you know, I need the commitment. I was like, who says? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Let it come off your plate. Yeah. And maybe that's feedback for that department. <laughs> like, don't have a conference in February. That's yeah. a bad choice. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, if that, and if that's not what you want to do. Right. Like, if you threw a conference at me right now and said, Tara, could you, I'd be like, Psh, sick day, I'm out. Because that would be, right. for me, that's more of a value add to my goals mm-hmm. than being in a building. Yep. Like, know what you're out, you know, know what your goals are, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really, I struggle because I, like, one hand, I'm like, I want to keep teachers, I want to help teachers avoid my why is why do I want to help teachers avoid burnout why do I want to help them not feel overwhelmed because there's awesome teachers out there who aren't teaching anymore right and they're getting lost and they think they suck and I'm like okay why does that bother me so much because there are some sucky teachers that need to go (laughs) right like I think it bothers me not because we're the profession as a whole is losing good teachers but I also think people are losing the confidence in themselves. They think that mm. to me is almost more offensive that yeah. here you've just spent 50 grand on an education and you've been doing nothing but thinking about this career path you're going to have that for the past 40 years has been locked into retirement. You know, historically, it's a safe career, being teaching. Right. And it's just not. So I feel like I want to help people either make the most of this investment that they've made in themselves mm-hmm. and go do the teaching thing or totally be okay with if this is over and you're not happy where you are pick another school pick a different grade level or it's okay to leave I think we shame teachers yeah. into leaving yeah I mean we shame teachers out of leaving when they really <laughs> would be happier not because they're not good teachers just they might be happier starting an education business mm-hmm. or Right. Doing something else. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, that actually has been on my mind a lot lately. Like, um, there's this culture around, well, I'm an actual teacher instead of just being in education, right? Yes. And that because I'm in the classroom, um, I'm in the trenches, and my job is harder than yours. Mm. I'm not discounting that it is, it is hard in the classroom. Yep. But it's hard everywhere. It's hard on administrators. It's hard on coaches. It's hard. It's hard. Education is hard. And it's because it's human. Um, And I think that we need to broaden that scope of education is bigger than just a classroom. Yeah. And I think think our country is headed at a place that we really need to recognize that. Yeah. Education is every day. All people. No matter if you're going to a 
four, you know, four wall school building. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're on Facebook. Yeah. Reading an article that's BS. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. have no idea, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's the importance of education right there. I totally agree with you. That's so true. And I experienced that in the reverse. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to say admit to it, but I don't talk about it much. Like my resume does not include work. I do at individual school districts hasn't for five years. I haven't, the last thing, the top line on my resume is my own company that I started five years ago. And then the thing that's under that is senior consultant at Department of Education. Because I don't want to be perceived out there as large, at large as having gone backwards, right? So, like, with teachers, they're like, I'm in the trenches. I'm doing the holy work yeah. of being a teacher. Anybody outside of that who might be in district level or anything else, sees te- and it's so true, sees teachers as lowly. And, it, and you're going backwards if you go back going back to the classroom mm, yeah. and the only acceptable rationale to give anybody oh I see that you have blah 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 and now you're back in the classroom worse yet principals will not hire you like I'm almost unhirable to many principals right because of my resume they're like why does she want to go back to the classroom right what's wrong with her yeah she couldn't hack it here right oh this is the fallback how long can we keep her? Well, is that because we've shifted teachers who weren't proficient in the classroom to admin roles? That shouldn't have ever been there. That shouldn't have ever been there. That's right. I mean, and, but the, and the only acceptable excuse I'm allowed to give, and I have given it, I just really miss the kids. Mm-hmm. I really just miss the kids. Not, I didn't find the job I was looking for up here. And I'm actually also really good at the classroom. So, yes, I am going to do this until I get the job I really want. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as I do believe, and this is a shifting thing for me because I did not feel this way until recently, actually. Kind of like when your kid signs up for soccer and he decides he hates it the third week. Right. You tell him, you're finishing the season. Mm-hmm. You're not going to quit. Finish the season. Same thing with teachers. You're in February. You hate it. I do think... You need to finish the season. Stay until the end of the year. It's totally fine to leave at the end of the year. But stay till the end of the year. I actually never... I did not believe that. I have quit mid-year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I do... Job, I wrestle with that. That's another conversation we're in today. But I think that... You know... If you're going to stay, you stay at the end of the year. And you can go look. But I think that people... Administrators shame teachers who have gone back to the classroom... Teachers in the classroom look poorly upon those who leave for any reason. Yep. <clears throat> and we've got people who are being promoted that ought not to be. Your best teacher will not make, does not mean you're going to make a great principal. If I'll say this pointedly. <laughs> if you happen to have been the teacher of the year in a particular state, oh, I don't know, like Colorado back in the 80s, doesn't mean you're going to make a good principal. Into retirement. Twice. Just, you know. Yeah. Right. Your ego doesn't make you a good principal. No. Okay. Totally. At all. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where, I think that's where we need to 
recognize there are so many aspects of education to celebrate Mm -hmm. and so many skill sets to celebrate in education and it's not just the teacher aspect yes because and I don't I don't want to sound like I'm discounting it because I'm not like that classroom work it is it's our kids it's our it's our it's hard you're working with 30 little humans every day and that's not easy and not not only 30 little humans but then 60 of their big humans that right their personality comes into your classroom too or more right <laughs> or more depending on yeah. family situations so <clears throat> i don't know i but i there are so many skill sets and i don't know if we're i don't know as a system if we're clear on what those skill sets are um, we've created these rubrics, but do we really know that that's where it's at? Are those the skill sets? Like right. you look at a principal rubric. Is yeah. that, and then how much does that, I'm, I, lo- I think about me as an instructional coach and I think about my rubric and then I think about my day-to-day work. This week was a hard week for me because I was feeling terrible that I haven't been engaging in coaching cycles. Do you want to know what else I've been doing? I've been prepping for state testing. I've been prepping for NAEP that we were... Um, oh, you guys were in NAEP school. ...selected for this year. I'm prep, I'm running, facilitating PLCs. I'm facilitating learning labs, um, which I think that has the potential to shift a culture huge. I want I'm, to know more about learning yeah, labs. Yeah, learning labs. So. I, I'm way into it right now because um, it's space. Right. Right. It's teacher-driven. It's space. Oh, it's teacher-driven? Teacher-driven. Now, I have to tell you, where I'm currently at, Learning Labs had a negative connotation because of past experiences. And so I kind of threw teachers in because I was like, "You, you just have to experience it the way it really needs to be experienced. And they're walking away like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah. So now that you know, what do you want to look at? What do you want to see? What are you thinking about in your classroom that you want to see in another classroom? And, you know, observe, read some research about, because who has time to read research? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And sit down with a teammate and do some planning together around it. And what is that going to look like? And then how can that lead into some coaching and some side-by-side work around, let's try it out. Let's track our growth on this. Right, right. This is where we're at right now. This is where I see myself with whatever. We'll go back to engagement, right? Let's come back three weeks later. Oh, this is where I see engagement All that happening in the learning lab. Well, I think it's... Or it's in tandem with the one-on-one coaching cycles. It's in tandem with... Or team coaching cycles. You know, I think flexible in the way that you enter with teachers and just give them however you can give them space and a structure to have give them time to think and process Mm -hmm. and collaborate and plan it's not like you are a coach's coach (laughs) you are you are a coach's coach like that's what everything you're saying is so refreshing to hear because that is the heart of what coaching should be and I'm like, my brain is spinning because I'm thinking like all the different ways that I think coaches, you can approach, well, and I think it depends a lot on your administration, but I think, yes. right, like to be able to even give you the flexibility to do those things. But I think that you, you, I'm listening to you like, oh, 
I, you know, I'm not, I feel like this week was hard because I didn't get into one-on-one. I'm thinking, yeah, but uh, granted the whole testing thing, that's, uh, I can't even, but aside from that, if you're working on learning labs and, um, other kinds of coaching work and PLCs where you're facilitating and asking the, the questions, sometimes that's a, that can be the nice stand-in for one-on-one. That then I, here's where I go with that because this is the work that I always like as a coach. I was like, oh, it's hard to get to the one-on-one. It is. It, it, I mean, between getting helping a kid in the hallway who can't get his business together, I mean, your date can get usurped like that. And you could have had a great plan. It's like, I never got to your planning time because I was helping this kid who was having a meltdown in the hallway. When you put enough of those days and moments together, it's very hard to have consistent flow Mm -hmm. of your work. Yeah. I wonder, and this is the biggest thing I've been wondering for like a year, is there, do you think there's a space, a place for teachers to have private coaching outside of the school world? Do you think teachers would invest in their own coaching um, thing? So in my experience, I think if it was framed the right way, yes. Hmm. However, my experience, which is only five years, coaching is fixing. And mm. Nobody wants to think that they have to be fixed. Mm. Why am I broken? Oh my gosh, I love that. Right? That's true. That's so um, true. But if, if it was more about a thought partner, and let's do this together, and it's not me, it's not driven by an evaluation, it's driven by your need, your passion, um, your beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I Back think to it, your beliefs. I think it could be huge. I love that. That is so true. Right? Because you, you throw pips into the plan. You, oh, for God's sakes. You're so right. It's about me coming in and help you get you, off this as, pip. As soon as that ha- and it doesn't even matter if it's the teacher, but as soon as that's in your building, the entire culture sees the coach as a fixer. That's so true. That is so true. And it can screw with the culture of coaching. Oh, my God. I am currently watching a coach in a classroom daily with zero feedback, zero modeling, zero um, support, 50% typing while I watch, while that person's watching the teacher. And 50% directives, you need to go do this, this, and this. It's a list, it's notes, and a to-do list. That's it. Every single day for, and I, I think there might be, I could tell you right now, there's at least five teachers on PIPs in my building. As soon as you make a list, it's not about their thinking. No. And they immediately, anyone, not just teachers, as soon as you tell somebody what to do and they're not... Um, intrinsically motivated to do it right. and it's about outside validation that confidence is going to go it's, down the drain because yeah. there's no empowerment there I know, I know none of that's my idea and I can't do it unless you're telling me what to do right that's not true right, right. I'm trying to get teachers to 
have that autonomy mm-hmm. and really have control, you know, have that agency to say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. Back to your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And this is how I'm going to accomplish that through this job that I have. Right. It's not back to what you're saying. It's not about here's a resource. Here's a bunch of books from a book room. This is how you use them so that kids can learn to read. I mean, I, you know, that, that, I don't know if you're, I don't know if it's a complete uh, thing in this district or if it's a, um, a building thing, but it's that like learning target so that I will know I'm successful when, I don't know if that's a district thing or it's a, I don't know. I don't know exactly where that particular language and model came from. It's not a district thing. Okay. I am, I particularly push back against learning targets because not for the learning targets themselves, I I mean, what is it? Hattie, Hattie talks about yeah, having clarity, having clarity of Absolutely. what they're going to teach. Great. I mean, whether you're in business or whatever you're doing in life, as long as you have clarity where you're going, you're going to be more successful. Period. The end. Right. I don't need a research study to tell me that. Right. But glad that he did it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Hattie. But I do think it's ridiculous the way it's gotten spun out of control where it's a box to be checked. Did I write up my learning target for the day? Is it a kid-friendly language? Again, all good things. But it's getting lost in that you get dinged. It's compliance versus purpose. A hundred percent. And, I mean, I think you probably saw my post on Facebook where I was like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing any more of these stupid... And, and I knew I was being observed and I intentionally did not use learning targets. This is why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> so she because on what she watched me, me make a statement through watch, my observation. Watch this. Oh yeah? And you're like these apples. So the fir- she observed me five times in one week. <laughs> you know, another for she was a former coach. We were coaches together ten years ago. And now I was the coach last year. And now I'm in this role. And so she comes in five times. And I'm like Dude, what do you... Oh, she goes, well, I got to keep coming because I'm not seeing what I need to see. I have too many blanks on the thing. You and I both know I'm a good teacher. I'll just say it that way. Write down whatever you need. I mean, I have said to her, write down whatever you need to write down. I go, tell me this. What what do you need to see? What do you, I'll show you whatever you need. Like, both... I'm well, and why is why is it not a conversation? Yeah. Like I'm really thinking about these things on your rubric, and yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. seeing them. What if you're like, oh, well, I was interpreting this as looking like this. Why can't it be a conversation totally. instead of me saying, here's what you're doing? Yeah. So, well, it was me standing in the doorway, and I said, she goes, well, I'm not really seeing. I haven't seen you do your learning targets. Oh, I go, oh, <laughs> I go, put me down for I don't do that. <laughs> Just put it down. I don't do that. I don't do that. So just go ahead and put that down. And she looked at me like blink, blink. And I go, no, I'm just kidding. And I was like, oh, so close to telling the truth. <laughs> so close because I don't do it. And then, and then so she came in again to catch the learning targets. I totally flatly did not do them knowingly. She's sitting at my little kidney table typing because you mind if I just sit here and type a couple emails while if I'm like, sure, totally. Like I'm super late. I have my email up. While we're sitting there, as close as you and I are, she emails me with the links of how to write learning targets. 
<laughs> but didn't even say, hey, I'm sending you a link on how to write learning targets because I really do need to see them. No comment, like as if it, if she was in a different building as me with no comment. And I, and I, I literally sat there and That's I hit, the thing, right? I hit delete. Yes. I didn't even acknowledge I got it. I deleted it. So we're sitting in the meeting, the, the debrief meeting. She goes, so I sent you your um, evaluation. Did you chance to look at it? No. Well, I sent it like a week. Yeah, I don't look at that. What do you mean to look at I could care less what you wrote in it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't care. Am I a good teacher? You know I'm good. I know I'm good. I have no desire to read what you wrote. Oh, I said, it'll mess with my confidence or it'll give me too big of a head. Either way you want to look at it, I'm not interested. Oh, well, you have to sign it. Great, just show me the button. I'll click it. <laughs> she goes, well, I, <laughs> she goes, well, I didn't see the learning targets. I said, yeah, okay. Well, you, I need to see that. I just put, I, I did. I just put NA, but next time, like, I might have to write partially. Whatever. But that's fine. I said, come on. You and I both know this evaluation means nothing. It means nothing to me. It means nothing to my career. Oh, no. We look at it. I said, how long do you think I'm going to be in this role? <laughs> come on. Well, I say you're not. <laughs> Again. You and I both believe this was a move backwards so that I could pay my rent. <laughs> like, I just don't even care. Like, I wish, I mean, I, I, have the, I have the liberty to say things because I really don't feel like, I mean, I understand a new teacher is terrified to say anything I would say, rightfully so. Right. I would not advise anybody to be me. Right. <laughs> I don't advise it. But it was super fun to say, oh, yeah, just put me down. I don't do that. So what I did do, because deep down I do care, because I don't want the I don't want the the bad evaluation. When I know I'm a good teacher, I don't want one silly. To, I have to play the game at some level. Right. Uh, what was the other thing on the thing that? Oh, I got also dinged as like I didn't observe it as a when you have to make connections to other years. Oh yeah. And I know that's on there, right? So in the observation, I specifically said, so the reason we're doing this is because next year, you're going to have to know how to blah, blah, blah. And because last year you knew this. So I'm like right in the middle. We're going to do this specifically for that check mark. She dinged me on it. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I specifically said these words. She goes, yeah, but I need to see it multiple times. Okay. Again, that's when it puts me back into the hole. So we are playing this game. Great. Got it. Right. It's I, not about growing teachers. You, it's and, about compliance. And I don't know if she thinks she wants to grow me. She doesn't want to grow. She has no desire to grow me. I, I can tell by the way she interacts with me as a, an evaluator, which I'm not the easiest person to approach to grow. I get that. But I'm very, very malleable. Like, I'm right. There are people, I mean, if you worked with me, I would absolutely learn a ton and I would be humble and open and say, totally great. But if I know that there's a checkbox on the other side, and I think that's probably what you're talking about. I think that there are teachers who may not be as vocal as I am. Like, I'm kind of the voice to that inner rebel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where people are like, wait, what? Why? No, I don't want to do that. Uh, and the, but instead of them spinning out going, fuck it, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. They turn inward and go, oh, my God. I don't want to. I don't, wait, but this doesn't feel right. I'm stressing out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burnt out. It yep. goes the other direction for yeah. some. Yeah. So for well, my solution, I put up a big chart paper <laughs> and I put up because in our building, it's in our, um, it's in our staff handbook. 
and, and with links to the files for your actual photo that has to match. Mm -mm, shut up. Mm -mm. The graphic has to match in all classrooms so that kids have consistency in knowing what they look at. Okay, so I hand drew them because I'm not printing them because it's Rebel. just one more thing that you can push back on. <laughs> Small wins. And I wrote, Target, I can read for a variety of purposes. <laughs> so that. I can. The K 12 reading yeah, standard. Yeah, the K 12 reading standard. So that I can do life and be an interesting person in conversations. No, no. Oh, oh no, I will, I will know I'm successful when I can have a conversation or written response about something somebody hands me to read. Because isn't that the life skill? Yeah. I, for me, I had to blow it back out to what is, what can I live with on my wall? Yep. I want to, and I tell kids every day, I'm only teaching you to read, not so you can do well on this test, but so that you can uh -huh. be an interesting human. Yep. And you can pass your driver's license test. These are pretty much the two reasons that you'd... And Seth Godin, do you follow him? Yeah. Ugh. And he says there's only two reasons to have education. To teach people how to lead and teach kids how to solve interesting problems. So if I could have put that on my thing, I would. So pretty much, I'm waiting for my evaluation, my second observation, or my springtime observation. Springtime. I kind of feel like they're not going to do it, and they're just going to mark me effective so that I can't grieve anything. Yeah. Not that I care enough. But, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I'm not doing it. I am not playing your reindeer games. No. I, I don't know. I have the liberty of not doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I kind of want to, I want to do it for all those who can't. Right. I don't know. I love it. I love that. Yeah, I'm very not, I'm very mm. much not a compliance person. I have to get going. Um, and it's totally fine. No, I'm, I'm good. So what do you what do you think about starting your podcast? I don't know. I'm I, I want to get a few blogs under my belt. Um, posts. I I need to get better about posting them and like throughout the week do something with it. Like Facebook yelled at me all week. Like you're not posting <laughs> on your new on your new page. Nothing's happening. How many, like, how many followers listen, you have? You're 43 followers. Are waiting to hear from right. you? <laughs> I get like, that all the time. Do you have a rubric for me too? Because I really don't need your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook's rubric. Um, That's awesome. But I'm trying to. I I struggle with my own imposed expectations around myself. Mm. Um, other people's like <laughs> could care less. Um, but I have really high expectations for myself and so I'm trying to be mindful around um, creating realistic expectations so posting a blog once a week and then you know try to work on the advertising of that post throughout the week um, I need to play around with scheduling posts because I think that would be easy. a good choice for me yeah do you have Facebook pages yeah. like the thing mm -hmm. um, a big piece of this and we can we can totally talk more on how to like get more attention like I'm working on that now but I'm learning a ton and a lot of it is like the grassroots hand-to-hand -hand combat kind of stuff where you jump in other groups and develop 
conversations and engage in the conversations that are already happening and become a person and then build relationships within those groups and then but you can't go in a group saying hey you should totally read my blog you'll get kicked out of groups super fast right I learned that by mistake <laughs> you know but it's really developing okay. conversations mm-hmm. on Twitter all over the place <clears throat> on as many wherever your people are yeah teachers are not as much on um, Twitter as thought leaders are yeah but like all of them are there mm-hmm. um, teachers are all over Instagram yeah Instagram and Facebook are the big ones Pinterest mm-hmm. yeah that's another one that I need to look into do you want to monetize all of this sometime yes mm-hmm. um, honestly and this is probably off the record but yeah um, actually speaking of which um, how do I guys i hope you really love this episode if you did make sure you subscribe right now it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review and tell us what you think if you want even more resources on how to be the most kick-ass version of yourself both inside and outside of the classroom plus some bonus material that i only share in email come on over to therebelteacher.com and sign up for email updates Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on the Rebel Teacher Podcast.